0: welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights Podcast Series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to Take 10 to get an update on economics, markets, and other topics of interest for institutional investors. Each podcast I'm joined by QIC's Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Hello, Matthew.
1: Hi, Alison. I believe you're uh, down in sunny Sydney.
0: I am. I am on the road again today, but interested to hear, Matthew, in relation to the recent FOMC meeting where the Fed met and they've decided to hike rates by a further quarter of a percent. Potentially, it was on the cards after a little bit of volatility during the week. But it's always interesting to hear your commentary on the associated comments made by the Fed. Any takeaways from you there?
1: Yes, well, often it's what Powell says at the uh, post-FOMC meeting press conference that really attracts tension. And and he really delivered again in spades, I thought, in this press conference. And he, it was really three things that caught my eye that he continually emphasised, Alison, in response to questions he was asked in the press. Firstly, he downplayed the problem of banking crisis contagion, as you would expect, and as they've been saying, but also emphasised that deposits were secure, notwithstanding uh, what Yellen had said, interestingly. Mm -hmm. Secondly, he emphasised repeatedly that the Fed's use of monetary policy was to target inflation and that we aren't out of the woods with inflation yet. In fact, he emphasised how the fact that inflation had continued to be higher than what they were comfortable with. In other words, I've read from that, had there not have been the banking crisis, the Fed would have definitely gone for 50 basis points rather than 25 in this rate hike. And finally, when pressed on, well, does the banking crisis have any any effects at all on policy and how you're thinking? His response was, well, given that he didn't think there was going to be contagion, he did think there was potential fallout. That fallout was going to take the the form of, tighter credit conditions, as banks responded by tightening lending standards, for example. And he said that was equivalent, that tightening of credit conditions was equivalent to a rate hike of some form or fashion. But he emphasised to have to wait and see how how much credit conditions would be tightened. But he said that the sentiment in the FOMC amongst the members was that something, you know, would be worth something. In other words, it's worth a 25 basis rate hike. So put all that together They've gone 25 basis points this meeting, Allison, He's claimed effectively, I think you could read, that you could take out whatever you're thinking about the future, at least 125 basis point rate hike because of the tightening credit conditions they're expecting to come off the banking crisis. That could mean, say from our point of view, that the Fed's done and dusted where we sit there now. The last question I'd say is, notwithstanding those comments, he still and the FOMC still stood by the idea of no rate cuts into the end of this year. Now, when you look at market pricing, they've got by the end of this year, by December this year, 75 basis points yeah. worth of rate cuts still factored in. So still a big disconnect between what the Fed's forward guidance is, what Powell said at the press conference and what the market's pricing is. So yeah, I suppose that absolutely. leaves me to ask you the question, how did the market
0: respond there, Alison? Well, really, I mean, again, it was kind of interesting. As you alluded to, it was largely expected by the end that it would be a 25 basis point hike. And the markets were pretty sanguine on the back of that but it was really Yellen's comments. I think that you know, who's the Treasury Secretary um, who made a comment that that there isn't a unilateral solution to this deposit safety being investigated? Um and that really did sort of rattle the markets because there had been sort of enough comments to say previously that deposits were safe. She wasn't saying they weren't, she was just saying that we aren't necessarily going to adjust the insurance parameters. So but that did cause a bit of a, a downturn in the markets. And by the end of the day, the SP was down around one and a half percent. You know, bond markets, though, as I say, were a little bit more sort of in line with what you would expect in the US 10 years, rough around 10 basis points overnight. So it's it was an interesting interesting session. And I think we're just going to continue to expect volatility in the near term would be my view with the type of data and the type of um, sort of events that we've been seeing in markets. One thing I did want to pick you up on though, they did talk about the fact that there could potentially be further need for rate rises. You know, it was a less less strong language than previously, but they did leave it open that there would be another rate rise. And that would take us from the current sort of, Four seventy-five to five percent type range up to that five to five twenty-five range, which I think has been your prediction over the longer term. Which I need to uh, tip my hat to you on that one, but so because that, that certainly seems to be where the market's pricing it. But. Are you indicating that maybe you've changed your view a little bit, but maybe maybe now this banking situation and the effective implicit 25 basis point rate right hike and slowing conditions will change that?
1: Well, I think, well, and thanks for the kudos there, Alison. <laughs> but yeah, look, definitely post the press conference. The idea that some commentators had that the Fed would be raising rates in in excess of another 25 basis point rate hike after this meeting, they're largely off the table, I would say. We're still at this point holding to the view that they'll raise another 25 basis points. Of course, Powell was quite adamant at this in the meeting, and and you're pushing this line for a little while too, that the Fed are uh, now being driven by data, obviously. So we'll have to wait and see where the fallout with the uh, banking sector lands. But you would have to say that 25 is really going to be where it tops out. And there's a risk, in my opinion, that in fact, they're done and dusted if over the next you know month or so, it becomes evident that there is this tightening of credit conditions in the uh, US banking sector. So for the moment, no, another 25 basis points but possibility that they're on hold. I suppose the bigger view, Alison, that we've got is no rate hikes for the rest of the year. And I'm we are still we're still firm on that. When you look at the trajectory of inflation under under most scenarios, um, it's hard to imagine that the Fed will be cutting whilst inflation remains above, you know, three and a half percent, which really most commentators are not seeing inflation getting, you know, below three percent until well into twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah, no, look, I tend to agree with you there. I think you may have said hike then on that one, that, but I think you meant no more rate cuts after the... Uh,
1: oh, sorry, <laughs> yes, I meant no more rate cuts. I hope no one no raced out and placed a bet on the, on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, no, no, rate cuts. So, and I, and I would tend to agree with you there. I think the market's being a little bit optimistic that the that the Fed will cut in such a, a quick succession after raising rates, uh, unless in the event of some sort of uh, very, very, you know, sort of dramatic event that could happen in markets that would, you know, necess- necessitate such sort action. You're listening to Alison Hill and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where I'm discussing markets and economics with Dr. Matthew Peter. Matthew, I wanted to also ask you about the RBA, Um, just turning to our local central bank. I think you might be indicating, and I'm very hopeful that this is the case for for those of us with a mortgage like myself, um, that maybe there's a pause uh, in the interest rate cycle coming in Australia at the next meeting for the RBA, but is it a pause or is it just a, is it just delaying the inevitable and they'll hike again, do you think? Where are you seeing Australian
1: rates ending up? Well, we did have uh, another rate hike pencilled in originally for April, but Governor Lowe's been backing away from that sort of rather strident hawkish tone he struck at the February and March board meetings of the RBA. Even prior to the uh, recent events with the banking sector, he was floating the idea of a pause rather than ongoing hike. I think that this global banking crisis gives additional justification for a pause. Look, you'd have to imagine, Alison, that that sort of pressure would have to, even unconsciously, would have to push you to a bias towards towards not hiking, not just for Philip Lowe personally, and he's under tremendous pressure, but it must permeate through the bank. So I think there is a growing bias to pause. I think they will pause in April. Will that mean they don't raise rates again at that point point? you've hit the terminal rate? I'm not sure. It depends on how the data comes out, I think, for the RBA, but there's a possibility we are at the peak now. Well, as I say, for those with a mortgage, I'm not going to
0: complain on that one.
1: Well, stepping aside from personal account and residential property, what should institutional investors be taking away from the Fed meeting, Alison?
0: You know, a really interesting time at the moment. I think you know the Fed has been at nauseum talking about it's data dependent, but it also has been being very strong with its signalling. And it's really hoping that the markets listen to it and take it into account. And really, it has. I mean, the the market by and large on most things has been listening to the Fed and it has made a difference. You know, you pointed out one area where I think there is a clear difference in that, you know, the market is factoring in, I think, around about 75 to 80 basis points of cuts in the back end of 2023. I, I just can't see those happening similarly to yourself. As I say, in the absence of some major catastrophe the fed will want to pause and just take stock and see where the economy is inflation is still high wages are still high employment is still high none of that has come through yet and that is still a key mandate of the fed you know it is going to keep an eye on financial conditions that is part of its mandate but i think the regulatory intervention has you know stabilized the banking environment I think the incidents that occurred were relatively idiosyncratic and now have been contained. I think it's data. I think it's, you know, making sure that they're keeping their eye on the ball, but it, it's going to be
1: an interesting ride, I think, Matthew. So Alison, what does that mean for portfolios?
0: Ah, uh, The million dollar question. Uh, look, from my perspective, I think the Fed um, having a clearer path forward, which it probably does in my view, is is helpful. That allows investors to understand what's happening in that direction. But I think the volatility in the banking sector and the potential that that might mean, you know, the slowing down of credit availability and so on, and the fact that that could actually slow the economy a bit quicker, really heightens the risk of a recession or a recession becoming sooner rather than later. And in that guy's I think that there could be some downward pressure on earnings for corporates in a recessionary environment, which is now, as I say, looking more likely as a result of this sort of banking disruption. But you know, it's never certain, and it's always a, it's always another day tomorrow. Matthew, thank you again for joining me. Um, appreciate your time as always, and thank you to our listeners for taking ten.